Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back, everybody, to uh, another March Madness podcast. This is a late night edition. Uh, we're recording this one on, uh, I guess now it's Tuesday morning. Uh, Michigan uh, is uh, beaten LSU 86-78 and advances to the Sweet 16 for the fourth consecutive year. They will meet Florida State in the Sweet 16. Five o'clock next Sunday at, uh, I think they play at Hinkle, maybe? Baker's uh, Life. Baker's Life, and that's Maker's Life Fieldhouse, that's right. And that voice you hear is James Hawkins from Indianapolis, our Michigan beat writer who was on the scene tonight to watch as Michigan carries the banner for the battered Big Ten. <laughs> Nine teams in. We're one weekend in, and we have one team left in Michigan. They beat LSU again uh, 86-78, Ohio State's gone, Illinois is gone, Maryland's gone, Rutgers is gone, Wisconsin's gone, Michigan State is gone, and I probably forgot somebody was – I don't know. They're all gone. Michigan's not gone. They're the only team left, just like we all predicted. Uh, James, this was, a, this was a big game, a tough game, tough matchup a lot of people thought. I think a lot of people thought for a couple of reasons. One, LSU's offensive ability, but also I think that – of what we saw in the Big Ten the previous couple of days, I think everyone kind of turned their attention to Michigan and, pro- and thought, crap, they're probably in trouble too, um, just because of what we learned about the Big Ten. But it seemed like Michigan had just enough firepower to get by this one. Um, give us a little bit of a lowdown, what you saw out there tonight. Yeah, well, I mean, it looked like they were in trouble there in the in the first half. I mean, they were trailing throughout most of it, and they, they, they trailed by – um, as much as nine at one point, just because, like you alluded to, LSU's uh, offense, I mean, they were as good as advertised throughout the entire, uh, well, most of the first half. Um, I mean, Cameron Thomas, uh, their their star guard, um, he seemingly couldn't miss. Um, I think he made his first four shots, and he was making everything he seemingly was throwing up at the rim. Um, it was kind of absurd. <laughs> and uh, and his backcourt mate, Javante, Javante Smart, um, I mean, they combined for 57 points in that game, but um, I mean, just the the degree of difficulty in the in the shots that you know LSU was making in the first half. I mean, it gave you the gave you the sense that you know that Michigan could be uh, heading you know heading for an early exit too, and not making up the first weekend. Um, but the difference was just that Michigan was able to to actually play defense, which is something that LSU really doesn't do. Um, so they were able to, to do that late in the first half and make a run to, to take one point lead to halftime. And then the second half, they were able to, to get enough stops when they needed to the most. But um, one of the things that stood out is like in the first half, just when Cam Thomas was just going absolutely nuts, um, Eli Brooks was the one that really kept him in it. Um, I mean, he, he kept countering a lot of LSU shots with big shots of his own, whether it was from three or whether he was like creating – creating place for others, you know, just dishing and getting shots. 
Um, so, you know, LSU really couldn't pull away and put Michigan in a double-digit hole. Um, and then in the second half, it was uh, Shawnee Brown really um, took over for Michigan during the stretch. It was kind of a back and forth where teams were going on runs. It was like 8-0, 8-0 spurt here, 7-0 spurt there. Kind of went back and forth until Michigan went on a 14-1 run that gave them the lead for good. And, and Shawnee Brown was the, uh, the person who kind of fueled that that whole spurt with, I think it was six free throws and two threes. Um, so yeah, and, and then, like I said, just down the stretch, Michigan was able to, to actually play some defense, uh, which LSU doesn't really do. And uh, so they're able to get enough stops to, to survive in advance. Yeah. Well, that's all that matters there in March is it's about finishing just one point better than your opponent. And you, you know, keep, keep your season alive and talk about Thomas and smart and the degree of difficulty on the shots they were making early. Um, you know, um, sometimes that spells, you know, disaster for the opponent, you know, just feels like it's going to be an upset. A lot of times, you know, it's kind of like, well, they're not going to make those shots all night. And they didn't. Um, I mean, they combined for 57 points, but those two guys also combined to miss 26 shots. And um, right. so, you know, so that, you know, that makes a difference as well. But yeah, you talk about Brown, big game, big coming out of the party for him, at least on the national stage. Uh, 21 points, uh, three of six from threes, six of nine field goals, six of six, like you mentioned. And the free throws, Hunter Dickinson with 12, Franz Wagner with 15, and Eli Brooks, um, and, you know, he's taking over uh, a little bit here. He, he finishes with 21. Um, fourth year in a row. Uh, have you been on the beat four years now? Is this? I think you have, right? Yeah, this is year five. This is your five. So four last four years, they made the Sweet Sixteen, um, and this is a you know it's it's a fascinating Sweet Sixteen to look at because there's so many uh, there's so many teams that no one expected to be here. And you know the funny thing is about the Big Ten is everyone was talking about Illinois, they were talking about Ohio State, um, you know, and uh, you know they weren't they weren't high on Michigan because of the injury to Levers, and here they are, and uh, you know you're two wins away from the Final Four and. Quite frankly, you have a very uh, intriguing road there. I mean, I think Florida State's beatable. I think Alabama could be very difficult. Uh, but I'm guessing at this point, you, like me, knows very little about Florida State. Correct. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know too much about them. I know that they're they're a long team. I think like they have the they're the tallest team, like I guess an average height in the nation, which you know could you know, give uh, Hunter Dickinson some trouble. But, I mean, the smaller teams have given him trouble these past two games with LSU and Texas Southern. Just um, I don't think either team had guys that were over six foot nine, like in their in their main rotation. Um, but they both those teams just kind of really doubled him on the touch and kind of really, you know, confused him and flustered him and, you know, kind of got him into rushed, rushed footwork and errant passes and kind of got him out of sorts. Um, they're going to be long, tough, and they can actually shoot threes. So it should, right. be, should be an intriguing matchup. Yeah, Florida State, the fourth seed in the region, beat number five seed Colorado 71-53. Uh, had no problem with them. Um, so they'll play Michigan, uh, again, 86-78 over LSU. And the winner of that game gets either UCLA, which just keeps uh, – they, they, they ended the storybook season of Evelyn Christian today, 67-47. And UCLA, of course, the play-in winner over Michigan State. They're in the Sweet 16. Um, they play Alabama, a 96-77 winner over um, Maryland. And, uh, wow, that's a lot of points to put up on a very good defensive team in Maryland. 
Yeah. So uh, Alabama may be pretty damn good. Um, so that's your uh, that's your Sweet 16 uh, from that region. And again, Michigan's going to play Florida State at five o'clock on Sunday at, at Banker's Life, and the winner goes on to play in the uh, regional final. I was saying to someone the other day, I, I you know I guess we realized why Michigan State uh, was able to beat the teams they beat. That was strange. Um, you know, I just think you know there there were some flaws, but. You know, I think that's the thing with the COVID season. It was very difficult. And Wojo wrote a great column at DetroitNews.com that went up yesterday. But um, I think we all kind of expected some uncertainty going into this NCAA tournament, given that, you know, the COVID took away a lot of the big non-conference games and uh, a lot of that. And so I don't think you got a true measure of uh, how good the, some of these mid-majors were and some of these power fives. And I think now um, now we're, we're seeing that uh, – you know, the Big Ten wasn't all it's cracked up to be, and maybe mid-majors should be getting a few more uh, NCAA tournament bids moving forward. Any uh, injury issues, nothing, everything looks good moving forward. Any other notes from tonight that uh, we're sharing before we call this? The only other really takeaway, I think um, this is something that uh, um, our colleague Bob Wunowski is writing, is just, I think the one key takeaway from this is just the fact that, you know, obviously Michigan doesn't have Isaiah Livers, but I think in this game, um, first off, they showed they can win without him, but then secondly, they showed that they still have plenty of options to win without him because it was just throughout just throughout the stages of the game, it was just a different guy stepping up and kind of just taking over. Um, like I said in the first half, it was Eli Brooks that kind of kept them in it and he just kept hitting big shot for big shot to keep us from, from kind of pulling away. And then, uh, you know, during the key run in the second half, it was Shawnee Brown that stepped up and then then really the the closer who took over like in the final last the last like four or five minutes was Franz Wagner. I think he scored nine of his 15 points in like the final four minutes and 30 seconds um, that kind of held LSU off and kind of prevented them from making a run. So um, that was probably my one big key takeaway from it was just that, I mean, they showed that they have the guys that can step up, um, you know, in big moments in a, in a game like this. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that's key. And you know, he obviously he went down, you know, in the Big Ten tournament. I think this is the first opponent Michigan has played that I would consider well above, you know, a very difficult opponent without livers. And and they showed that, you know, there's something there. And they put up a whole lot of points and uh, against a team, granted, that doesn't play a ton of defense. But, uh, you know, they still, you know, they still put up a crap ton of points. So um, maybe, uh, you know, maybe this is going to be one of those runs that, uh, you know, Everyone doubts you, like they said before the tournament. Is everyone doubts you now that you don't have livers and you're out to prove something? You're going to shock the world. Like part two, yeah. I guess, uh, for yeah. uh, for Michigan basketball. Um, so there you go. I'm in uh, 86, 78. Sorry, I wasn't much help on this podcast. I was covering my own game tonight in the other NCAA tournament, uh, Michigan State women. Uh, so I didn't see much of the Michigan game, actually. I tried to turn it on a little bit and just kind of pay attention with the sound down. And if you're trying to watch two games and couldn't cover one, it's very difficult. So I don't recommend it. Um, but I did see the, the finale when they, uh, they kind of pulled away. So, all right. Uh, 86-78 Michigan against over LSU. Um, again, it's Florida State, 5 o'clock Friday, uh, Sunday. Sorry. And uh, for uh, they'll play for an opportunity to probably play Alabama in the, uh, for the trip to the Final Four. So uh, that's it for this podcast, a brief edition. We're going to do another one later in the week as, as James does his homework. But anyway, we'll get Charbonneau on for the podcast later in the week. 
Uh, and he can help us uh, break that down as well. He's not doing anything these days uh, other than covering spring football, which is so much fun. So check out all of James's coverage, DetroitNews.com, uh, game coverage, and all his coverage throughout the week as he looks forward to the game against Florida State. Who was the columnist tonight? You know, Bob Bonowski. Wojo. Wojo chimes in at DetroitNews.com. Uh, he had a really good column the other day, uh, yesterday, I think, talking about the Big Ten, and he made a great line about Illinois, you know, claiming co-final 32 champions. I thought that was cute. Um, <laughs> but uh, so check out Wojo's column, James's coverage. Follow James on Twitter, James B. Hawkins. Follow me on Twitter, Tony Paul 1984. And again, all your coverage, DetroitNews.com. Get a subscription. Support local journalism. You'll miss us when we're gone. It's like a dollar for three months. If you can't afford it, sign up. I'll send you a dollar and then we'll get you on board. Uh, it's important to support the uh, the local rag. Uh, James, that's it. We'll let you get some sleep so you can get back to Michigan. And we'll be in touch next week to preview another big game for Michigan. Thank you. I appreciate it.